What a month we've had. We've had the burning bowl ritual. We set an intention and declared a wish on New Year's Day. We've heard the personal journeys of three of our new members. We celebrated the life and work of Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. and completed five service projects on that Sunday in this sanctuary. We marched on that Monday together. Last week, we centered our values and took another glance at the work of the Article II Study Commission of our Unitarian Universalist Association. What a month of love and justice building. All of these rituals, stories, justice, examining our values, help us know our center. I hope that that's what you've been thinking about this month of find, that where our theme is finding our center. What could possibly be left to say or do? Well, how many of you have thrown pottery on a potter's wheel? I want you to raise your hands. Pretty good, all right. These days there are machines and tools to assist in the prep or even prepare the clay for you change how I'm doing this here. Um, but before there were these kinds of assist, it was a whole process. First, you had to knead or wedge the clay to make it malleable and hopefully get out any air bubbles. And after that, you bat the clay around and shape it into a ball because the ball shape is the easiest to center, which is really important. Then when you're ready, you slam the clay very forcefully down on the wheel, trying to get it as close to the center of the wheel as possible. And then you wet your hands and squeeze a water-filled sponge over the ball of clay. The wheel needs to be going pretty fast with the ball of clay, hopefully in the center of the wheel. And then with your wet hands, you, glide the, you guide the clay by pushing it together and up, and this hopefully gets rid of any remaining air bubbles. And then you do what's called coning down. The toughest part, again, lots of um, high speed and lots of water. So the way most potters do this is they brace the clay with their non-dominant hand and they push the clay down with their dominant one. So you hook the, your elbow in of your non-dominant hand um, at the waist, or maybe if you're sit when you're sitting at the in in the in the fold of your leg, and um, you have your arm straight out in front of you, and you cup the clay on the side and put your pinky down on the the wheel head, and then you lean your whole body into the clay for maximum control. And then with your dominant hand, you push the clay downward and you use the palm and fingers of your non-dominant hand to brace the clay and control how the clay distributes, distributes itself on the way down. How do you know when the clay is centered and ready for making a pot? It doesn't feel like anything is there between your hands. There's no wobble. There's no sense of anything touching, really. It's just you know that it's happening. That centered clay and centering the clay makes it much easier to throw a good pot, a good vase or bowl or cup or plate.
or whatever it is that you're going for. It has been described as frustrating, as a frustrating but essential element of pottery on the wheel. I have spent this month, as I've asked you to do, pondering what it means to find our center. Is it the same thing as centering ourselves the way potters center the clay? It sounds easy enough. We bring our focus back to the present moment. Maybe it means we shut out all the things clamoring for our attention or what's going on in our heads even. It doesn't even have to be outside, right? And we bring our focus inward. Even doing that for a moment can make a difference. But then something happens that throws us off kilter. It doesn't have to be catastrophic. It can be something as simple as being someone being rude or unkind or finding that we've been rude or unkind. Or it can be something significant in our personal lives, the death or illness of a loved one, a new job or the loss of a job, a health crisis, a new baby or a new person who, who's come to live with us. Worry for someone's safety, especially if they're LGBTQ these days and in our collective lives, the climate change related weather, the senseless shootings that are happening or another black man murdered by cops. The realization that we cannot look at the world in the same way can throw us off center. The realization that we have a view of the world that's from a perspective that not everyone can share that can throw us off center. Is finding our center something we do or is it finding what we are? Yes, yes to both and. The thing about finally centering a ball of clay, finally achieving that is that you think you have it. You think you know. You think you can do it again, maybe with ease. And maybe there are newbie potters for whom centering the clay was easy from the beginning. But according to my teachers and from my own personal experience, this was not the case. <laughs> it's something that potters get better at the more they do it. The more we practice, the more proficient we become over time. The more, the more natural it feels, the easier it comes, both to center ourselves and to find what's at the center of who we are. Our Soul Matters packet this month reminds us that when we think of being centered, we often think of peace and calm. Find a stillness, the song goes. But our faith reminds us being a centered person often involves the opposite of keeping things calm. In order to move toward a balance of justice, we have to upset the current state of things. Oppressive systems need challenged and toppled. And to accomplish that, we need to sacrifice calm and comfort, including our own. We need to remember that achieving a balance of equality requires us to be purposefully off balance and out of step with our culture. 
or as Martin Luther King Jr. said, we need people to be maladjusted to the way things are, maladjusted to injustice. It's not simply a place of peace and calm. The center is also a place of being pushed and launched. A place of power. And hopefully a place of joy. I submit to you that the very things that may throw us off center are also the things that help us get quite clear about who we are, our values, and what our actions should be. What we hear in this deep space within is not just the whisper of rest and breathe, but also take a deep breath and leap. We, en we encounter an invitation there, not just relaxation. It's a still point, yes, but a still point upon which we pivot and turn to something new. Rabindranath Tagore said, I dreamt that my life was joy. I awoke and life was service. I served and behold, service was joy. I believe that somewhere in between this calm stillness and this um, take a deep breath and leap, when we find the balance of those, we find joy. Where is your center sending you these days? What is your center calling you to do? Claire Forrest writes, as a potter presses clay on a spinning wheel, a shape begins to emerge. The rotation of the pottery wheel and the gentle yet firm hands of the potter work together to mold a mass of clay into a beautiful form. We must make something of what we've been given. We commit to a shape, to shape our lives. On a pottery wheel, maybe it's a bowl or a cup, you can make a bowl or a cup without centering your clay. It just may come out a little wonky, right? With what we have been given, we make our lives. You can create a life, we can create our lives without looking at our values too hard, without looking at what is at our core, at our center. It just may come out a little wonky. But what I want to be true is that there's value in that, that the practice of centering and the practice of commitment is what's important. We don't have to do it perfectly. We don't have to always get it right. We can learn from what goes awry and we don't have to do it alone. So I invite you to ponder for a moment in fact, let's just do a little centering again. Be aware of your breath. Close your eyes if you want to, if it helps shut things out, or leave them open if that's better for you.
Be aware of your breath. Where in your body is your breath going in? And then imagine bringing all those parts of yourself, all those things, all those thoughts back to yourself. Let all thoughts of being anywhere other than right here go. Just be here now, aware. And I invite you to ponder, where is your center sending you these days? What is your center calling you to do? What in this quiet moment are you willing to commit your life to? What in this quiet moment are you already committing your life to? I'm not asking that it be anything big. I am asking you to know what it is. And then what is one move you can make today or tomorrow, one small thing toward what your inner knowing is calling you toward. I invite you if you're willing after the service to share that with someone. Ask them what theirs is. And if you don't have anything, continue to ponder that this week. Howard Thurman writes, Keep fresh before me the moments of my high resolve. Despite the dullness and barrenness of the days that pass, if I search with due diligence, I can always find a deposit left by some former radiance. But I had forgotten. At the time, it was full-orbed, glorious and resplendent. I was sure that I would never forget. I had forgotten how easy it is to forget. There was no intent to betray what seemed so sure at the time. My response was whole, clean, authentic. But little by little, there crept into my life the dust and grit of the journey. Details, lower level demands, all kinds of cross currents. Nothing momentous, nothing overwhelming, nothing flagrant, just wear and tear. <clears throat> if there had been some direct challenge, a clear cut issue, I would have fought it to the end and beyond. In the quietness of this place, surrounded by the all-pervading presence of love, my heart whispers, he says, keep fresh before me the moments of my high resolve, that in fair weather or in foul, in good times or in tempest, in the days when the darkness and the foe are nameless 
or familiar, I may not forget that to which my life is committed. Keep fresh before me the moments of my high resolve. May that be so for us.